0: Feel like you've got a lot on your plate, or maybe you've got so much going on it couldn't possibly fit on just one plate. You've got a lot of plates, fully loaded, spinning at full speed. Well, you're not alone, and you've come to the right place. I'm Liz Serati. Welcome to 7 Plates Spinning, a podcast serving up ideas and inspiration for keeping all those plates in the air. Today, we're talking about relationships. It was Valentine's Day earlier this week. And while truth be told, I kind of hate Valentine's Day because it's such a commercial holiday, it does feel like a good moment to talk about relationships. We are not going to focus on romantic relationships today, really. We're going to talk more broadly about all of the connections we form that help to lift us up and give us strength and comfort and joy. So when I say relationships, I mean the friendships and companionship that are so important, particularly during the challenging times, like the ones we're living in today. There's actually research that shows how important friendship is to our health and well-being. A study done at UCLA that looked at women's behavioral responses to stress showed that women produce a hormone when stressed that causes us to want to tend and befriend tend meaning things like taking care of children and befriend meaning seeking out social connections with other women and that connecting with other women then has the effect of lowering our stress levels friendships give us an outlet a lifeline a safe supportive space to vent about our problems celebrate our victories and dissect our feelings at great length when maybe our husbands aren't up for it or Maybe sometimes we'd rather hear our girlfriend's advice than our spouses, especially if it's about something that only another woman would have experienced herself or fully understand. Beyonce said it well in her documentary when she said, quote, I love my husband, but there's nothing like a conversation with a woman who understands you. I grow so much from those conversations. Well said, Beyonce. My friend Tori agrees. As much as I love my husband,
1: sometimes I think he doesn't want to hear about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's certain things and, you may not want to hear from him. Do you guys that? And like, there's like, I feel like your girlfriends can speak truth. Whereas if your husband said certain yeah. things, I'd be like, uh, okay, you don't need to be saying that to me. Like, I don't need to
1: totally. hear from you. <laughs> and my girlfriends also, could say it. <laughs> totally. And I also feel like, too, I already know what he's going to say. Like I know him well enough, but I'm like, you're going to go on this path and then I'm going to have to explain to you why that's not relevant. And then it's going to end up with me being disappointed. So I'm just going to bypass disappointment and just go to a different subset of people that I know will give me different types of advice, or even maybe the same advice, just not coming from him.
0: (laughs) I spoke to Ada Calhoun for another episode of the podcast recently about her book, Why We Can't Sleep, Women's New Midlife Crisis. And one of my takeaways from my conversation with Ada is that our support network of friends is even more important in middle age than it was when we were younger. Even if you're married, have a significant other, you can't rely on your spouse as your only source of support and friendship. I will say that I gained a new appreciation for just how important my girlfriends are to me when I got divorced over a decade ago now. I'm not sure I would have made it through that time without my girlfriends rallying around me. My friend Monica and I talked about this recently. I got divorced really young and I know you were divorced young as well. And I felt like that was really a time when I was so thankful I had my girlfriends. I think I know a lot of friends who are married who have like really just gone all in on just their relationship with their partner and kind of distanced their girlfriends. And then, you know, like I was so glad that I had kept my girl gang because they were what got me through and it's really made me much more, much more aware now of like trying to maintain those relationships and having balance between my relationship with my husband, but also like really putting a lot of focus on maintaining my relationships with girlfriends. Cause I saw how important that was. And I don't know that I really was that conscious of that before this kind of crisis in my life where I needed the girlfriends, but like yeah. it shouldn't just be about the crisis. Like it's like, it just shows how important it is to have those relationships also.
2: You know? Well, I think that's such a good point, point. and so yeah, like you, I got married young and divorced young, and it, it was really interesting because I did not keep my girlfriend's circle as I should have. The relation in the relationship, he was yeah. pretty um, insecure, and you know, going out, who are you going out with, and all this. Yeah got to a point where it was like, so cumbersome that I just stopped going out. And ironically, it was my, I got to a pr- breaking point where, you know, my girlfriends um, were like, where, where are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we never see you. And I mean, there's like a, you know, we went out to brunch. There was an intervention like, no, you're coming out. And, um, and it actually was the, the sort of reinvigoration of my girlfriend relationships where they're like, Monica, you don't even look happy. And, you know, I mean, even outside of being with him, they're like, you don't look happy. You just have a totally different affect to you. And um, I'll tell you the hard truth. That's what they will tell you the hard truth. They're Mm -hmm. the ones that know you best. And like, you think you've got on this great mask and a fool in the world. And my girlfriends within like 30 seconds of seeing me, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we got to sit down, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. let, let's talk. And so they were the sort of, I think, gut check that I needed. They were also the courage that I needed. I remember one of the reasons I stayed in my marriage as long as I did was because I grew up in a, um, a single parent household. And I'd always promised myself when I was younger that, you know, my kids would grow up in a two parent household. And so when I was telling my girlfriends this at that brunch, they said, so, well, Monica, you grew up in a single parent household and you turned out just You're now. just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. why are you holding yourself to the standard that doesn't, you know, it, it it doesn't measure happiness, it doesn't measure success, it doesn't measure anything. It's just this arbitrary standard. And um, and then one of my girlfriends, I'll never forget it. She she just said, you know, I understand that you want to teach your kids lessons about, you know, stable relationships and things like that, but it doesn't sound like you're in one. And don't you think it's a much more important lesson to teach them that they have a right to be happy. And mm-hmm. I had not thought about it that way before. And that, you know, kids are super perceptive and and you know know things even if you don't tell them. But it was the gut check that I needed from people who know you, from people that you don't have to put on your makeup for, dress up for, that you yes. know can see through the things that you might hide for other people that reminded me of who I was. I had gotten so wrapped up in this you know, relationship that was about the other person that I had forgotten who I was and I needed my good girlfriends to remind me of that. And I'll be forever, forever grateful for them knowing me and seeing me and seeing me when I wasn't me and reminding me of that.
0: I have noticed, particularly as I get older and my days of living with friends in a dorm or an apartment are farther and farther in the rear view mirror that making new close friends seems harder. I have lots of friends who are more like close acquaintances, but only a small circle of people, mostly women, who are what I would call really close friends.
1: But I think our expectations around like many, many deep friendships, we have to not lower them, but be more realistic. That's Christine
0: Steinberg, an executive coach and leadership consultant who specializes in relationship dynamics. Christine has been a guest on the podcast before, and I called her today to ask for her insights on building and maintaining healthy relationships. Christine advises to focus less on how deep the relationships are and more on whether you have people around you who you trust and who add something positive to your life.
1: One thing i found is it's just nice to have a, a set of people that you trust, but it really is that trust piece. And If you have that in your day-to-day, that's really a gift because sometimes the people in our day-to-day are just helping us get through the day or through the week and they're not necessarily deep friends, but they are community, right? So I, I like the distinctions that you're making. But again, putting pressure on those relationships to be more than they are or feeling negative feelings that they're not deeper can be detrimental because they actually can be very useful relationships and they are what they are. But Christine cautions that
0: that does not mean all friendships should be maintained at all costs. People change and situations change. And you may reach a point where it's time to cut ties with someone who you considered to be a friend at one time. My friend Meg and I talked about this recently.
2: Certainly in the last four years,
0: and well, for me, it's been a long time, but definitely escalated in the last uh, four years with this presidency and everything that's been going on is I no longer, I've realized too, I actually no longer have the bandwidth to pretend we're friends if you have a value system that actually violates like my, myself, my being, my family. And so that's also interesting too. And I think sometimes that happens as you get older, you start to go, okay, this is who I am and who I, what I stand for. And if you're in direct violation of that, we can totally be copacetic, but maybe not close friends. Yes. Um, I found myself on, on Facebook, actually unfriending even acquaintances. I was like, you know, I just can't. Don't have, have room
1: for you. Yeah, I don't have room for it.
0: Researchers at Carnegie Mellon University did a study that showed for women only, not men, negative social interactions were associated with increased risk of high blood pressure. So there may actually be a real medical reason to cut ties with friends who bring more negativity than positivity to your life. Interestingly though, women are also less likely than men to have a conversation with a friend to explain why they're breaking off a friendship. We are more apt to avoid that confrontation according to Deborah Tannen, a linguistics professor at Georgetown University who wrote a book called You Are the Only One I Can Tell Inside the Language of Women's Friendships. Tannen also says that women's friendships are generally more based on sharing details of our personal lives while men's friendships are more about doing some activity together, which definitely rings true to me. Christine Steinberg published a blog post about relationships this month that also hit home for me. She said in her post that, quote, true connections with others begins with having a deep and clear connection with yourself.
1: I've been thinking a lot about community and during this month of love or whatever you want to call it. I, I, mm. I like to expand it out from, yeah, you know, Valentine's yeah, like Day that. to like the whole love, community, belonging. Yes. That's why I did the blog this month on that. And, it's a bleak month, um, February. So we need a
0: little something to yeah, brighten it up. So like that, like, we'll yeah, make just, it love month. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, like even just, you know, loving ourselves is so mm. important nurturing ourselves. The kind of love we want from someone else, we actually have to give it to ourselves first, you know, really care for ourselves because yeah. when we do... We don't feel so needy, you know, and then the people around us have more to give because they don't feel they're being asked to take care of you and fill the gaps and the holes inside of you, right? When you feel connected to yourself, it's this sense of confidence. It's a sense of peace and contentment. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in that space and it's, it comes and goes, it's, a, it's a something that it's, I feel so grateful for when it's in me to just feel so grounded and connected and and really frankly just not needy for others as well as not really caring about what other people think you know it's more just i feel good i feel good i'm connected to myself i'm authentic i've spoken my truth i am clear i am grounded and as a result you almost have a glow and people are attracted to that they want to be around you when you're like that when you're in that place your kids want to be around you more your spouse wants yeah, to be around you more. you're a person
0: to be around, right? for sure. Yeah. So how do you because, coach through... Yeah. You have a, a client who comes to you and says, well, that all, I read your blog. That sounds great. I do not feel connected. I'm not connected with myself. How do you coach mm-hmm. someone through reconnecting with themselves?
1: There's many things that you can do to connect with yourself. And one of them is thinking about, well, what brings me joy? I'm going to go do that today, right? I'm going to go take a walk go out and take yourself out of the mix. You know, when you are around people all the time and trying to get validation and looking on Facebook and Instagram and all these things for, you know, some kind of hit, well, that doesn't really help. It's such an empty feeling. But when you go take a walk or you like read a book, you know, take the time out, carve it out for yourself. That's a way of connecting. And then, you know, meditation. I mean, I will always come back to that. It is a key thing that you can do. There's so many ways to access it right now. I think the world is finally waking up to this is the way to truly connect in with your true nature, your true essence. And it's this deep, deep connection that you can experience by going inward, closing your eyes and breathing or chanting a mantra or listening to someone take you into a visualization. There's so many ways to do that. But that's another way of truly connecting in. With yourself, and you'll find your no question. I guarantee it, your relationships will be better as a result of some kind of a practice like that. It's
0: funny hearing you talk about when you talk about the different ways of spending time and recharging yourself, and like the stuff that's just like empty versus really is going to nurture you. And it's like the empty calories versus like the good healthy food. you know what I mean? Like you can put the food in your body, but it's crap and it's not doing anything for you. That's mm. the that's the sitting and scrolling through Twitter, yes. right? And then like the calories that you are really like nourishing your body and all the like power foods that they talk about, that's the like step away from the screen, go take a walk. Yes. You know, it's like, it just reminds me of like the empty calorie versus healthy.
1: I it's love the same it. thing in,
0: in how you in how you yes. fuel what your body you in feeding. other ways, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are you feeding your mind and mm-hmm. your body and your soul? And sometimes a little junk food and a crappy movie oh, or yeah. a pot of ice magazine, cream, why you not? Know? <laughs> Right, right, right. But it's like all the time, no, yeah. right? And are you balancing away. it out? But I agree, I agree. What are you feeding your mind and your body? What kind of thoughts are you allowing to cycle through your brain every day? Notice your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Notice what you're saying to yourself. It's incredible if you sit and listen to some of the negative feedback you're giving yourself on a day-to-day or even minute-to-minute sometimes basis. If you feel bad, if you're feeling depressed or anxious or sad or upset or worried, look at your thought patterns and do what you can to shift them. And meditation can break that pattern and help you get onto a different track. So that gives us a lot to think about.
0: What are we feeding our mind and how are we showing up in the world for ourselves and our friends and loved ones? I'll leave you with some recommended reading if you're interested in thinking and learning more about relationships. In addition to Deborah Tannen's book, You're the Only One I Can Tell, that I mentioned earlier, a book that Christine Steinberg recommends is John Gottman's The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Gottman spent many years researching married couples and then wrote this book about the principles and behaviors he observed in couples that succeeded in maintaining long-lasting healthy marriages. And I've read this book, and I think there's actually a lot to be learned about healthy relationships in general from the book, not just with your spouse, but with others in your life as well. And another good source of information is the website of relationship therapist Esther Perel. Perel.com. She has blog posts and lots of videos about marriage and also workplace relationships. Lots of good stuff to dig into there as well. That's all for today's episode. I'll talk to you again soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please visit sevenplatespinning.com and subscribe to continue listening and consider leaving a rating or a review on whatever platform you access the podcast. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.